Okay, so I was, um, if you remember, I was searching for something last week, and um, I couldn't find it, but I got it all queued up for you today, and it's by Charles Sturgeon, and I'm, no, I mean, Sturgeon, Charles, how come I can't pronounce his name? Spurgeon, oh my gosh, Charles Spurgeon. Because uh, people think that grace is something new. It's not anything new. Jesus brought it to us. Jesus was grace personified. <laughs> Amen. If you can believe it, I'm actually working on four books at the same time. <laughs> this book, uh, I've got another one coming out, which Tootie and I have been working on for two years. And we're going to get that out. I mean, by the end of this year, we're going to get that. We're, we're really close. It's a children's book. She's doing all the illustrations on the inside and with a quote underneath it. Like one will say, I am beautiful. And, then, and she's doing the images. I just give her the quotes. So and she's coming up with the images. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> all right. So I got that one and this one. And then um, I'm reformatting my book on um, God's Not Mad at You, and it's going to be, we're going to use that as an evangelism tool, and I'm going to give that book away. We're going to run ads on Facebook. We're going to give the book away digitally. It'll be an instant download for people in a PDF format, and anybody can get the book. Amen. How many books is that? Three? Fourth one I'm working on is uh, Grace at a Glance. It's a sketch note. I'm collaborating with Don uh, Pope. See, some people think pastors don't do nothing. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, Don is, uh, but I have, I have help, like Tootie and Don and people that are, uh, I get a concept, I get an idea on something, and, and there's nothing, I've never seen anything like the, like the gospel sketch notes is going to be like that, but it's going to give the main points on grace, and give like a point on one side of the page, on the other side of the page is going to be a graphic illustration of it. Oh, man. I wish I could have pulled up one of the pages, that I was excited that I hadn't got a chance to tell Don, and Don, if you're watching, it's on point. Two thumbs up. It's, it's just great. So, all right, so that's that. And um, so, grace is nothing new. Grace appeared. That's in that book, actually. That grace at a glance. That grace is a person. His name is Jesus. She's got a wonderful illustration, an image that, like a silhouette of Jesus with, with grace written in, like, all over him. Oh, man, it's just... Hallelujah. I can't show it to you right now. I'm not going to stumble like I did last week, and uh, I want you to see it. I, 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 will, I will show it to you. So, okay, um, now, um, and what I, there is going to be an ask. There's going to be, in, I'm asking you to invest in the healing book. And what I'm asking you to do now, and this is, this is tough. It's going to be a big investment, but I want, you, I want you to just don't fall out of your seat. 
But I'm, when I release it, I want to ask all of you to jump on Amazon and buy it for a dollar. <laughs> I'm serious. What that does, long story short, it, 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 it um, fuels the pump, the, primes the pump, that's what I'm looking for. It primes the pump on Amazon and it'll put it into a category of hot new releases and it causes Amazon, it triggers, it wakes up the algorithm. Oh, oh, this is an important book. And then they'll push it out to more people. That's how that works. So there's a, you know, so if you know the game, you can play it. Right? So, uh, so I've learned some things about publishing and things like that. And what, this, what, the, what your dollar will do is help the book get to people who need healing, people that, and, and we all need to be reminded, those of us that know what Jesus did for us on the cross and understand that we have a right to be healed. And not get used to pains and aches and headaches and the common cold and all this kind of, what about common healing? Amen. Grace, when I'm trying to get out, Grace is nothing new. Jesus, Jesus is grace personified. Paul brought it to us. Spurgeon, long time ago, wrote this. This is in a devotional called Morning and Evening. Go ahead and bring up that, that next slide. It might be a little, a little small to read. Uh, oh, gosh. This is a part of his quote. It's not the whole thing. More especially, he's talking about the, the new covenant. And this, listen, this is a long time ago, man. Spurgeon, back 1800s kind of thing, I think it was. More especially, it is the pleasure of God's people to contemplate the graciousness of this covenant. They see that the law was made void because it was a covenant of works and dependent depended upon merit. But this they perceive to be enduring because grace, talking about this new covenant, because grace is the basis, grace the condition, grace the strain, grace the bulwark, grace the foundation, grace the topstone. The covenant is a treasury of wealth, a granary of food, a fountain of life, a storehouse of salvation, a charter of peace, and a haven of joy. See, grace is nothing new. People were not under the law, but under grace. Now, people, that, let's, let's just dive right into it. Romans chapter, uh, let's, let's, let's read uh, Romans 4. Uh, oh, excuse me, Let's, we'll start there. For by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one as Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace. We need abundance of grace. <clears throat> and the gift of righteousness. You know, people leave grace churches because of too much grace. Isn't that amazing? Why does the devil attack 
grace so hard. And, and, and you know, don't listen. Here, here's some great advice I want to give you. Don't listen to the devil. See, I started my clock too early. I'm cheating now. I wouldn't, I'm just starting, actually. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to pay attention to the clock today. I don't care what y'all put up there. The devil is, everybody said, the devil is a fool. See, my, my great advice to you is don't listen to him. Because he'll try to whisper in your ear, well, you, you know, they talk about grace too much. No, pastor talk about grace too much. You're going too far. You can't go too far. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Not going too far. Not going far enough. I'm just getting started. Because when you receive abundance of grace and the gift, see, some people treat grace like a message. It's not a message. And I, I understand what people mean about the, the grace message, trying to communicate it. I say that too. But you've got to know that it, it, it's beyond that. Because you, you can say, so I, I have a lot of titles, but it's one message. It's Jesus and him crucified, who what I used to think was the elementary message. I thought it was the ABCs. Then I learned it was A to Z. A to Z, Jesus. A to Z, death, burial, resurrection. A to Z, Jesus. Jesus, 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 and more Jesus. Of his fullness, and we have all received in grace upon grace upon grace. And that, that word, great, upon the word upon means in place of. Grace, so we keep getting more grace. Grace in place of grace, in place of grace, in place of grace. We receive abundance of it. And why does the devil attack it so much? I said don't listen to him because, see, it's, it's the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that will cause you to reign in life. That's what's going to cause you to reign, so it makes sense that the devil attacks it. Because he don't want you reigning. So how does he stop you? Reverse engineer this thing. How does he stop you from reigning? By stopping you, getting you from out, getting you out from under grace and getting you under the law. And we're going to deal with sin today because sin will not have dominion over you when you're under grace. But when you're under law, sin has dominion over you. Sin runs rampant, okay? <clears throat> so it, 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 there's this misconception that now, now we talked about that you're righteous by faith, faith righteousness. You have right standing with God because of what Jesus has done. But some people think that, if, it, that, 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 that grace, the teaching of grace and righteousness will cause people to set world records in sin. But it's the law, again, that causes sin to run rampant. Okay? And people that come against grace, they think that it, it encourages people to sin. No. And Paul anticipated this when he was talking to folk, Romans 6.1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound? And he answered that question. Okay, if we can bring that up. Um, 
Oh, you know what? I forgot I can control this thing. I can control this thing. Okay, praise the Lord. All right. Um, oh, you know what? Thank you for bringing up that because I meant to read that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just go back. Yeah, go ahead and go. go back. Yeah, next verse. Next, we're talking about, talking about Abraham. Next slide. Next slide. For as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. Now, we, we've been over this, but let me just read it because I want to focus on the last couple of verses. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be. And not being weak <coughs> in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. We talked about how Sarah's name was changed to Princess Abraham's or Abram's name uh, or Sarah's name means princess. Abraham means his name was changed from Abram to Abraham. It means father of nations. And so every time somebody called his name, it built faith on the inside of him. Because every time somebody said, hey, Abraham, good morning, Abraham, they were saying, good morning, father of nations. And we emphasize the, the, the importance of speaking the word. The spirit of faith is believing and speaking. How David came against that uh, Goliath and, and spoke words. Amen. He spoke words of victory. So what are you speaking? Are y'all speaking the word? A lot of people that you believe in the right things, but we need to speak it out. Speak out things like the primary thing that, that you need to believe and speak is that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Speak to your giant. I don't care how big that problem is. David's talked about, he's like, who is this uncircumcised? Philistine. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> he didn't look at how big that giant was. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and I'm going to take your head from you. Thank you, Lord. So, just a note, just to remind you, speak the word of God. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. How, do you believe that what God said he would do, he'll do? Do you believe he watches over his word to perform it? Do you believe he confirms his word with signs following? That means you get results. God's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? God will make it good in your life. You just keep believing and keep speaking, and I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how cloudy it is. You might not be able to see nothing. A friend of mine, he's a multimillionaire now. 
And he, I remember he, he, he used to talk. Skip Powell, a friend of mine, used to preach in his church. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. I remember when he was believing for stuff, he said, I can't see nothing, Pastor. He called me, not Pastor, he called me Al. He said, I don't see nothing, but I'm believing. Hallelujah. Man, I love it. Even when you can't see nothing, that's when you got to be bold and say it. Without apology. Without feeling that, oh, I got a, I got a blessing feeling. I just got to feel that I'm going to have a blessing today. It's just something in the air. You don't have to feel nothing. You, like, when I say stuff, sometimes I don't feel a thing. It don't look like nothing. Nothing changes outwardly. Like when Jesus spoke to that tree and cursed that fee, the, the tree, nothing outwardly, visibly happened. When he cursed that tree, he said, dry up from the roots. Amen. Or the fig tree dried up from the root. He spoke that. He spoke over that fig tree. No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. You know, later they found out it dried up from the roots. But Jesus spoke to it, went on about his business. He wasn't look, looking at it. 24 hours later, he came back to the tree. They, 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 they journeyed, and then they came back. Amen. Left Bethany, went to Jerusalem, came back 24 hours later, and the disciples were like, wow. Imagine when, they, when, when he spoke to it, imagine what they were thinking. Man, this dude talking to a tree, man. This dude, we, are we following the right guy? Man, he's speaking to a tree because nothing visibly happened. People said, well, pastor, I spoke something, and why didn't it come to pass? And, well, you just spoke it yesterday. Just keep speaking it. See, if you prepare to stand forever, it won't take long. Jesus spoke to that tree, went on about his business, went to Jerusalem, came back to Bethany, and then the next time his disciples, they didn't think he was crazy. They looked at him and was like, what? Behold, hey, Jesus! The fig tree you cursed is withered away. Jesus said, you think that's something? Look, I'm saying to you, whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and don't doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I guess what? You are whosoever. All you got to do is qualify for this and be a whosoever. And Jesus said, you are whosoever. Whosoever shall say. What's your name? No, what's your name? Yeah, yeah. I see y'all, y'all, y'all being, don't be religious on me today. You show up at work, man. Who, what, hey, what's your name here? My name is Sue. How do you do? You know, say, what, what's, what's your name? What's your name? Okay, you are whosoever. Huh? Everybody can get in on this. But what are you saying? See, the spirit of faith, I just wanted to read this and go on because I'm going to finish this today. Well, I got to keep it all year past the Colts game. <laughs> Andrew Luck gone, nothing much to see now. Anyway, for some of y'all, see somebody had a Bears, he did a Bears shirt on. The Bears doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> okay, they need help? Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Thank you, Lord. So we are. <laughs> There's a Cowboys guy over there. Man, I tell you what. The Cowboys looking pretty good, though. I don't want to. That's, that's about the best thing you'll hear me say about the uh, Cowboys. Hmm? Well, anyway, uh, we're going to finish this, though. But I, I want you to understand that, see, don't make it a lifestyle. Speak what you believe. The spirit of faith believes and speaks. Okay? Abraham was fully convinced of what God had promised. He was able also to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's what I want you to see. He was righteous. Uh, now, he, they re he received a... Uh, a sign of circumcision in his body, but he believed before he had that sign, before the physical circumcision. All right? It was, it was not the physical circumcision. It wasn't the knife that made him righteous. It was his believing. Okay? And that's why I'm reading this for right now. It was account, accounted to him. That's, it. that's an accounting term. And it's the same way that righteousness is accounted to us is by our believing. It's faith righteousness. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with your performance or your obedience. And we spent some time last week talking about the obedience that the New Testament talked about. You ever heard preachers tell you, man, you got to make sure, make sure you're obedient because you're not going to see the blessing of God unless you're obedient. Obedient. I mean, that, that whole name is intimidating. That word seems intimidating. But see, the, the obedience that the New Testament, Testament talks about is the obedience of faith. Listen to that message last week. I, I talked about that a little further. But, okay, so now, now here's what I want you to see. I'm, I'm opening my Bible because so, I think I saw that I left out this last verse because I want you to see it all the way to the end. Listen very carefully now. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for who? For whosoever's. For y'all. For us and for we and it's for me. It's for you. huh? It's also for us. It shall be. This is where you need to be excited. When you really understand what righteousness is, righteousness by faith apart from works, it's imputed to us also who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. That's all you got to do is believe. Believe. That Jesus was risen from the dead. And righteousness is imparted to you. He who never committed any acts of sin became sin for us on the cross that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is why you can't talk about the cross too much. Because this is where it all happened. This changed history. So, it's also for us 
it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered up. Listen, it wasn't anything that he did for himself. Everything that Jesus did on the cross was all for us. He was already righteous. Who was delivered up because, and I'm reading it, we don't have it for you, but verse 25, who was delivered up because of our, because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Now, Now we're ready, <clears throat> Romans 6.1. What shall we say then? See, if you believe right, bring up that previous slide. If, if you believe right, you break free from the power of sin. It's right believing that will cause you to overcome sin. See, sin is not an issue. So what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin? Paul preached so, grace so strong that it led people to the misunderstanding that we can just sin all we want. You know why you won't sin all? You, you can sin all you want, but your want to is gone. And if your want to ain't gone, you ain't saved. Because you, in your spirit, you became a new creation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You don't have the desire to sin because it's not a part of your nature anymore. You don't have a sin nature. You have a righteous nature. And righteous people want to do righteous things. It's your nature. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, a dog, you don't have to encourage him to bark. You don't have to encourage a cow to move. I was about to say meow. You can't, you can't encourage a cat. You don't have to encourage a cat to meow. They just do that. It's their nature. Well, see, by nature, we reign. When we understand that we're the righteousness of God in Christ, it's our nature to reign. But you got to embrace that. You got to accept that. It's my nature to reign. I can't help but I can't help but to reign. I wish I had a praying church this morning. Y'all get me quiet. But man, this is exciting stuff. It's our nature to reign. So watch this. He said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who died to sin, live any longer in it? Now, let me just, let me just dispel this thing about, well, we just got to die to sin. No, you're already dead. You're not going to have no problem with sinning once you understand that you're dead. And I told you, I think it was 17 times that sin is mentioned in Romans chapter 6. 16 times it's a noun. Only one time it's a verb. 
verb is something you do. See, we're, we're dead to, the, to, to, to sin. We're dead to it. So we don't have to, well, I'm, we just, we got to die daily. We got to die to self. The Bible doesn't say that. We, well, Paul said, I, didn't Paul say, I die daily? If you read that in more modern translations, like NIV, ESV, it says, I face death daily. That's what he was talking about. I face death. He was talking about the persecution that came against him. And it details that in, in Corinthians. talks about a left for dead, a night and day in the deep, shipwreck, and all that kind of stuff. That's what he was talking about. Because right here, you're dead. You, you, you died to sin. Okay? So, even when, when we all sin, okay, but, but sin has no power to condemn you because you're free from it. I'm going to explain that a little bit more uh, uh, later. See? Now, we don't have to die to sin. Let's, let's drop down to verse 9. Knowing that Christ... See, sin, Jesus, sin can't condemn you because Jesus dealt with sin on the cross. He conquered sin on the cross. So even when you sin, you are still the righteousness of God in Christ. And the devil will try to confuse you in thinking that you are what you do at a particular time. If you committed a sin... He's trying to get you to identify with that and try to make you think you haven't changed and you're the same old person that you used to be. Because look at what you're doing. If you were really a Christian, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have said that. No, but even, in the, even when you sin, that's especially when you need to know and confess and believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And going about your business. That doesn't mean you're happy that you cussed your boss out. <laughs> you wish you hadn't done it. But even after you've done it, you are still the righteousness of God and God. You wish you had not smoked that weed. Smoked that weed. You wish you hadn't snorted that coke. But you did it, and you are still the righteous. Oh, Pastor, that heresy. No, that's the truth. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life and you're righteous, well, how can a Christian, in the age-old question, how can a Christian, they talk all that, quoting all that scripture, huh? That's why you got to be very careful. Amen. How can people say, uh, and they were messing with Antonio Brown. Now, I don't know if he's believe or not, but if you don't know, follow sports, then just hold tight. Man, I'll get back to something else. But they were just talking about, and he's allegedly done this or that or the other and whatever, and, and, and he's been doing things and whatever. Left the team and all, a lot of stuff going on around him, okay? But then he started quoting some scripture, and people jumped out. Oh, he's quoting scripture. 
But see, people don't understand. This is why we need to keep hearing grace because when we hear people who say they're Christians, we can't understand why they do certain things. And we got to stop judging people. Oh, they talk about it. They talk all that scripture. Don't let, don't let that stuff come out your mouth. You lead people to the Lord. Now, they may not be saved, but if they are saved and they're doing things, I'm telling you, Antonio Brown, if he's a believer, and no matter what kind of foolishness he's doing, he's still the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, I don't know the man. But I learned a lesson from a guy parking cars in San Diego, California. He really helped me. Young man. And uh, we were having some fellowship with Carla's cousin. And uh, he's, uh, he's got his business owner out in San Diego. We had a wonderful time together, dinner, and, and he's just dropping us off at this swank hotel where, where I had we, had, we had like a convention going on. And uh, really nice. It's like the Hyatt, some, something, some hotel like Hyatt Hilton, one of those level hotels. So we're pulling up. It was kind of, you know, where you drop people off. But then right in front of the street, but still on the hotel property, there was a couple police cars. And uh, they, were, they were obviously questioning somebody or whatever. The guy parking cars, uh, uh, and he's doing his thing, and then... Uh, Carla's cousin asked him, Tim, his name, he, he asked the guy, he was curious about what was going on out there. And he was asking this young man parking cars, it's like, man, what's going on over there? He said, man, he said, they ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> they ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> Basically, he's saying, I just park cars. Steve Squires told me a story about <coughs> uh, some of you old school folk remember. You've been with me a while. Anybody remember the name Charlie Brown? I'm not talking about the, the guy on the cartoon. Now, Charlie Brown, he, he served uh, Pastor Fred Price for many years. He was like a really high-level man. I mean, he, I mean they, they would hire him. Kenneth Copeland would hire him when they had conventions like security. I mean, it, it, this guy was like top notch. Okay. And uh, he talked about when people would come to him and, and then, you know, he would, he would serve his pastor, man. He'd hang the coat up and, you know, take his briefcase or whatever. Um, and somebody would, would tell him, he said, uh, with some gossip about the pastor. And they'd ask him, uh, what, what about Pastor so-and-so, I heard about Pastor. Charlie said, does it have anything to do with coats? <laughs> does it have anything to do? My job is to get his coat, get his briefcase. That's my assignment. Does that, this is, don't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Man, so what's my point? When you hear about stuff happening in the news and politics and all of that kind of stuff, when you think about it, what does that have to do with me? 
does that have to do with me? How do I get back to what I was talking about? How did I even get started on that? What does that, yeah, Grace, what does that have to do with me? Where, 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 let me connect this train. Where, where, where is my train? I had a runaway car. <laughs> huh? You still the righteousness of God. Yeah, Antonio Brown. That's there we go. When you hear about stuff, don't get all about how can they be a Christian and still do these things. See, point people to their identity when they do stuff. And you do the same thing because don't act like you don't sin. Don't sit up here like you don't sin. I'm the only one that doesn't. The rest of y'all, no. And see, that, that's another problem. We, we hold pastors up to this elite status and they can't imagine them ever sinning or whatever. Now, I, no, look, now listen, I, I mean, sin doesn't have dominion over me. What I'm saying is you're going to sin from time to time. I don't care if you're apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, pimp, <laughs> church member. I don't know how that slipped out. But you are going to sin from time to time. But, but that's a, it's a difference between sinning as a lifestyle. When you understand that you are dead, huh? You go, go to a cemetery and see, see, see what kind of sinning goes on in, in a cemetery. You don't have to go far, right up, right up the street from uh, here, here in Fort Wayne where we are. Yeah, you, I don't know what's the name of that. Um, whatever it is, you know, grave site. You go over there, and, and you, 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 it's real quiet over there. Ain't nobody, ain't no foolishness is going on over there. Because <laughs> everybody over there, is de- them bodies are dead. Their graveyard dead. Lindenwood is a popular one. My dad was a recreation center while we are on these stories, right down the street from uh, over there on uh, McCulloch Street. used to be the McCulloch Center. Now it's the Al Jennings Center. Some people think I own that. I don't have anything to do with it. It was named after my dad. And so he had the retired men's club. Older guys over there at Treasure remembers that because they had a retired men's club on Tuesday night. And my uncle, he wouldn't go, he wouldn't go, but he, he would always say, he said, if you can't find them over at Lindenwood, they're over to McCulloch Center on Tuesday night. <laughs> That's my Uncle Herman, man. Praise God. So, um, Likewise, no, that's verse 11. Verse 9, knowing that Christ, okay, so you don't need to die to sin because you're already dead, all right? Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Oh, here's here's the good part right here. Y'all ready for the good part? Just a little bit longer now. For the death that he died, he died to sin 
Now, first, you need to understand that everything that Jesus did, as I said, it was for you. So we are identified with him. So when Christ died, you died. When Christ was crucified, you were crucified. When Christ was raised, you were raised. When Christ was declared righteous, you were declared righteous. When, when Christ was seated in heavenly places, in, actually, that's where we are right now, you're seated. Right now, that's our position in, in Christ. We're seated. So we are identified with him in each step in the resurrection process, okay? Death, burial, and resurrection, okay? So keep that in mind as we read this, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Okay, that's great. That's, that, that's Christ, pastor. For the death that he died, he, he died to sin. How many times? Once. For how many? All. That includes whosoever's, you. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Now, what did he do? He died to imputed sin. The sin that belonged to us, the guilt, the condemnation, and the judgment of sin, he died to. And you know what that means? That means that we have also died to the guilt, the judgment, and the condemnation of sin. Why? Because we are in him. Jesus left death and sin behind him. Woo. So that means we have left death and sin behind us. You're no longer a sinner. We were a sinner. Never call yourself a sinner saved by grace. You're either a sinner or you're saved. That's schizophrenic living. Sinner saved. That's crazy. You can't be a sinner saved. You're either a sinner or you're saved. You were a sinner, but once you're saved, you're no longer a sinner because old things pass away, all things become new. Look at this. Likewise. That's a key word right there. I like the word reckon. Well, I reckon. Reckon yourselves, you also. See, now just keep it right there. Now remember, let me remind you what we read. For the death that he died, see, having been raised from the dead, he dies no more. And death has no dominion over him. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, likewise means in the same manner. So in the same manner that Jesus is dead to sin and alive to God, we are dead to sin and alive to God. Whatever happens to Christ happens to you. And this is, if this is you right here, this is you, and this is Christ, you are in, it's like I put this paper in this Bible, this card in here, that's you, this is Christ. We are in Christ, so when you look at this Bible, see, when you, when you see Jesus, See, God will never look at you apart from the fact that you're in Christ. 
That's how he sees you. As Jesus is, is a scripture for you. There's a, there it is. God will never look at you apart from the fact that you are in Christ Jesus. 1 John 4.17, as Jesus is, so are we. Now, when we get to heaven in this world, listen, when you sin, listen to this. Well, let, let's look at verse 12 first. Therefore, do not let sin, this, this is not sin as a verb, this is sin as a noun. Don't let it rain in your, do not let sin rain. Don't allow it. See, see, see yourself dead. Don't allow sin to reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Now listen to this. Okay, Christ has died for our sins. We read it once for all. That includes you. So, don't let sin reign. See, these verses, they, they go together. You're dead to sin. Sin can't dominate you. And don't let, when you sin, don't let it confuse you into thinking you're the same old person you were before you believed in Jesus. Hallelujah. You say, well, you know, I still got anger issues. <laughs> I still have lust in my mind. Don't consider your body and your mind. Consider God's word. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. In the midst of feeling unclean, say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. People who are, are, are believers may fall into sin, but they won't continue in the lifestyle of sin. First Corinthians will close with this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Man, this is good. You know you're a heavenly man on earth? Thank you, Jesus. Now look, look at this. The first man was of the earth made of dust. Of course, that's Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of the dust. See, people, people overlook this. It's powerful. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. Here's what I want you to see. And as is the heavenly man. See, that first part was how we were before, before we were in Christ. But and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. You know the Bible called you a heavenly man? And as we, watch, ooh, gets better. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that's in the past, that's dead, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. You're a heavenly man on this earth. You are, you are, are, are a risen man. I don't care how it feels. 
we live by faith, and you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's what we need to believe every day. Receive this lambano, lay a hold of the fact that you are, are righteous by faith every single day, not by your feelings, not, it doesn't have, doesn't have anything to do with your performance or how you feel. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you.